Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. another episode of the sack city podcast i'm your host the one and only Vinny milani joined as always by wait a second can i say <laughs> this now can i say as always you know it's as what, always. right now two straight Round three two. straight man you streak it right that's now what Wednesday's gonna be that's what i'll say now joined as always by yup boy a j Johnson, and of course, below him we have my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukesia Mukes, and we are welcoming back on the show the smoothest voice in sports casting. It seems like he is Mister Monday Night. That's what we're gonna call Dylan. He is Mister Monday Night. He is Dylan Kearns, gentlemen. It is a beautiful April Fourth evening here in the city. Episode fourteen is underway. How goes it, AJ? Man, Dylan got more nicknames than a Lord of Game of Thrones, bro. Like, could you, <laughs> pretty soon, Matt introducing this dude is going to take a solid minute to give him all his titles. It's good. It's a good. It's a good day. Draft season is upon us. I've uh, I spent the weekend tidying up. You know, I've left my entire life a mess for the last month and a half because I just I was focused, laser focused. So while I was tidying up, I've just been putting on so many draft coverages. I've watched like. All the first drafts from back in February, checked in on some mocks, checked in on some prospects. It's a time that I'm excited. So uh, I'm glad draft season is upon us. I'm glad that we get to do our big draft special at the end of the month. So if you're listening, make sure you check out our socials to find out what day that will be and uh, be there. Don't don't miss it. Tell everybody it's worth it. So much fun. So much yeah, fun. It, it is the it is the best time of year for the draft. We do a live show all first round long. And hey, we did it live all second and third round long too last year. So you guys are not going to want to miss it. You're going to want to be right here and have some fun with the boys. Uh, we've got a great show ahead of us, though. We're going to be diving into and kicking off our draft coverage. We start things off with the AFC North tonight, breaking down what player these teams have to draft and we're not necessarily talking about first round or second round. We're going deep. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the best coverage out there. We're going deep to determine who these teams need to draft, not have to draft or want to draft need must draft players. But first AJ, actually Dylan, you know what? Mr. Monday night, he can do this. He is Mr. Monday night. We'll give him the shot. I don't think he's done it under the sack city umbrella, but Dylan, We'll throw on some tunes and you can tell the beautiful people where to follow us at. That's fire right there. That's fire. And that's Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, small hands, right? He's pointing at the at all the beautiful platforms where you can follow Sac City Podcast at Sac City Pod. That's Facebook. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. That's YouTube. And Head on over to TikTok. Check us out on TikTok clips and videos and good stuff over there. 
So be sure to check us out at Sac City Pod on all five of those platforms. There you go. There you go. And I want to give a special oh, shout out to everyone who took the time to vote for us for the best uh, American football podcast awards under our old umbrella of the rough cut sports cast. The results came out. Obviously we did not win. Unfortunately we will get them next year, but I just wanted to thank everybody who took the time to vote and support us next year. We're definitely winning there. There is no chance. No one stands a chance against the city in the best American football podcast awards because we're dedicated to football. Now it's going to be impossible to beat us. So we'll keep an eye out for the Sac City podcast for best American football show uh, next year. But again, thank you so much for voting. Uh, Aaron, how are you today, buddy? I haven't heard of, I, I haven't really sent it to you at all before I get into these news and nugs. I want to see how you're doing. I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm ready to talk this draft. You guys know how much uh, insight I'm bringing. I, I've been diving into these players since last fall. So I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about different teams. And of course, we start off tonight with our favorite team in our favorite division, which is the AFC North and all those uh, who day Bengal fans can uh, can can come back and attack their favorite guy on the show in Mr. Uh, Dylan Kearns over here. Mr. Monday here night. We AK, Mr. Here we go. Oh my God. This is this guy, this dude, Dylan, you better come out with some fire tonight. You're either praising the Bengals to get on their good side or continue burying them so they can keep hating you and watching our videos and all that good stuff. Uh, but, but we'll get into the AFC North draft coverage in just a few moments. Let's get into some top stories. And we kick things off with the Washington football team, the Washington commanders, the Washington, whatever you want to call them. Dan Snyder is in heat once again uh now being accused of basically withholding money from the league now i pulled this quote from mike florio and he talked about how the the owners are basically have protected uh dan snyder for a very long time and it's kind of roger goodell's job to protect him but let me read this quote for you his partners have protected him when it comes to the investigation regarding workplace misconduct because indirectly they are protecting themselves from having similar allegations threaten the hold on their franchises. If it can be proven that he has been picking his partner's pockets, his partners quite likely will be kicking his ass out of the house. That is what Mike Florio said regarding this situation how do we, how, how, what needs to be done here? Do we get Dan Snyder out of here? How does, how do we make it happen? Aaron, I'll start with you. Uh, this has been something that's, it's not an isolated incident. It's something that's been going on in Washington since Dan Snyder took over the team in 1999. Uh, aside from the football stuff, right? We, we can look at all the scandals that they've had, the, the team name, should they switch the team name or not? The, the racist conversations and emails, the, the, the bigotry that they had in the John Gruden emails that were failed to be released to the public, um, sexual assault allegations, other misconduct, and now you get ticket revenue. And that's only the business side of, of what he's done as an owner. You're not even including the nine head coaches since 1999, uh, a 139 and 185 record, 48 and 81 against the NFC East alone, um, only four division titles and two and six in the playoffs in that time. Uh, the fact is, is Dan Snyder has a history and is known for being an owner who doesn't hire the right people around him, but people that he's familiar with, his friends, his family. There's a lot of quote-unquote nepotism that goes on um, in that organization. And I think it's only a matter of time before the other owners and the NFL starts to force his hand and kind of move him out. 
Yeah, I feel like this is the one of those stories right now. Like you can protect them all you want. Now you're starting to screw over the people that have been protecting you, and it it, it it's only downhill from here for Dan Snyder. Uh, in other news, there was a big trade that happened this past weekend. The Miami Dolphins and division rival New England Patriots make a deal where the Patriots acquire Devontae Parker in exchange. Uh, Devontae Parker and a fifth round pick in exchange for a 2023 third round pick heading back to Miami's way. Dylan. Does this move move the needle for the New England Patriots? No. It gives them another pass catcher, that's for sure. Devontae Parker is a good way. <laughs> I mean, you look at the Patriots receiving staff, really? Aguilar, <laughs> Parker, Bourne. Like, come on. There's a lot they of guys that are like, Oh, yeah. Now you, you probably should have said Jacoby Myers. But, you know, looking at that wide receiver room, everybody is so mediocre, it's disgusting. Devontae Parker, sure, he's had a good year. He's been injury prone throughout his career. Um, I, I don't think it moves the needle. I think a wide receiver was a need because they need more weapons. I don't think this was an, oh, my gosh, we got Devontae Parker. That means we can compete with Buffalo and Miami potentially. But, I mean, it's, it's not a move where I'm excited and jumping for joy saying we got Devontae Parker if I'm a Patriots fan. I, I, I like the move. I, I like the move for New England. It doesn't really move the needle too much, though, because, well, it's just Devontae Parker, and that's not going to really help Mac Jones at all, right? That's that, that's kind of what's, what's going to happen. He's thinking about something. Yeah. I'm, no, I, I mean, I like the move in the sense it adds a weapon. It, it, it's, it's, it's another receiver, which we talked about they need to add. I'm not saying it's it's special, um, but you're talking about a guy that hasn't been healthy. He's only he's only had 1,000-yard season, and he's never played a full season, even including that 1,000 yards. But there is something to be said about his ability to go up and get a ball and make plays, especially in the red zone and contested catches. Uh, I believe he leads the NFL since 2019 in contested catches. Uh, but I don't know if that's Mac Jones' style. I think Mac Jones is a guy who wants to throw to wide-open guys, which Devontae Parker – doesn't usually get great separation. So I don't know if it's a good fit, but I think anytime you can add a receiver to a team that has none, uh, it's a good thing. He, he, he's what they thought Nikhil Harry would be. That's they're, they're trying to subsequent Nikhil Harry, who has not shown out. <laughs> At least Devontae Parker has shown he can have a little bit of success in the NFL. And if this doesn't work, it was a fifth-round pick and something that the Patriots do all the time. Bring in a guy for a little bit, doesn't work. Thanks. Goodbye. Well, actually, we'll it was a third round pick. Yeah, it was a third. I thought yeah. it was a bigger. No, you get a, it's a third you round get a pick. Fifth back. Yeah, you yeah. got a fifth. You got a, you got a yeah, fifth at Parker. The compensation I thought they gave up. I felt like they must see something that they like because I I felt like a third round pick um, was a little bit more than New England's used to giving up for players like that. I mean, I, Randy Moss went for a fourth. I think it was. I think it was a little a little much to give up too, just because I mean we saw the reports today that came out of the asking price for Brandon Cooks as a second round pick. And if you think about it, yes, New England threw in or Miami threw in a fifth round pick, but you had to give up a third round pick for him. Why not just give up that second round pick for a guy like Brandon Cooks who has shown that he can do it with literally any quarterback and produce better numbers than Allen Robinson? So there's there's that. There's, there's, there's that. <laughs> well, number one is the, the Patriots have already had him, so I, yeah, I don't think they're going true. to like him. That is, that is true. That is true. Uh, in other news, Colin Kaepernick had a workout uh, this past weekend in the Maize and Blue game for the Michigan Wolverines. He is getting set for an NFL comeback. He said, though, that he is willing to be a backup in this league, there's starting jobs out there, though, including Seattle, uh, maybe Carolina, and there's other quarterbacks battling for starting jobs and hoping to get traded to be starters. AJ, 
if you had the choice between Colin Kaepernick signing him, trading for Baker Mayfield, or drafting one of these quarterbacks in the draft, rank the rank those for me. Rank those three. Wow. Um, and and Colin Kaepernick's a backup in this scenario. It does. It, I, it's it's just a quarter. It's a body. It's a body. Okay. I don't. I, okay. Whatever you do with it is fine. But okay. just you have a hole yeah. at the quarterback position. Fill it top at, to three. at number one. At number one, I'm drafting a guy like Malik Willis. Not necessarily like Malik Willis. <laughs> at number two, uh, I'm I'm pot, probably signing Colin Kaepernick. And at number three, there's Baker Mayfield. Now, wow. I understand Baker's in the youngest part of his contract, and but for me, it, it, I'll be I'll be this is a little heavier on the fact that I just think it's time. Colin Kaepernick has paid his dues, and he paid more dues to the world. And the fact that we're still blackballing a guy who's acknowledging and at least take the requisite steps. He's not coming back in and saying, I deserve to be a starter. He's saying, let me earn a spot again. Give me the opportunity. And I think it's time. Like, come on, that, let's be real. That's, that's the biggest thing here. And I told you guys before the show, and I'm going to be completely transparent here. When we were pre- prepping for the show, I'm looking over the news and notes, trying to get some nugs to supply with my news. And I, I'm scrolling through Twitter through all of just the, the nonsense I'm seeing about Colin Kaepernick. And we've seen, we've seen Colin Kaepernick jump through flaming hoops to try and get back into the NFL. Whereas guys like, and I don't mean to any, I don't mean to offend anybody like guys like Josh Gordon who continue to get suspended and then come back into the league. He's not going through flaming hoops. He's going through hoops. I'm sure I'll give him that. But Colin Kaepernick, like you just said, AJ is doing all of the right things to get himself another shot. Now, the one thing that I wanted to talk about with it all is that he's 34 years old and hasn't played NFL down in quite some time. That's yeah. the concern. That's why I don't like talking about like with all of this stuff, it's like there is all the, the outside the off the field stuff with Colin Kaepernick that you have to consider. But I, no, we're like, we're done think, talking about that. This is about this 34 year old quarterback who's trying to get back in the league and whether or not he can be a better option than a Baker Mayfield or a quarterback that you're going to be drafting. Aaron, you're Mr. Football, your X's and O's 34 year old quarterback hasn't played a down in quite some time. What are your thoughts on that? Um, there's definitely an impact, right? The game has, the game has changed over, uh, over the course of since he's been gone. The fact of the matter is it has changed. Um, he's not going to be as athletic or have the same type of arm strength that he had when he first came out. So we can stop with, I'm in the best shape of my life, blah, blah, blah. No, there is nobody that's faster at 34 than they were at 24. Like that's not a thing in, in, in this, in football, especially, um, but I think this is not about whether Colin Kaepernick deserves a chance or not. We, we keep talking about, does he deserve a chance? Well, do you know how many players out there deserve chances to have opportunities to play that don't get them? He's not the only one. Was he blackballed? Yes, he was blackballed. There was a social injustice that the NFL was not ready for. They've already come out and said, yes, maybe we did approach that the wrong way. But this is about attention. This is about do you as an NFL organization want to draw attention to a situation and it not result in winning? Colin Kaepernick is not going to come to a team right now, the Seattle Seahawks, anybody, and be a winner. He's not going to win with those teams that need quarterbacks. So all, all you're doing in that sense is bringing a distraction to a team that is trying to rebuild. Now you're bringing in an age, a veteran aging quarterback to do that. I think this is the problem with how he's trying to get back into the NFL. If he wanted to go play, he needs to go to a situation that's already set. He needs to go be the backup for Lamar Jackson. 
right? The backup in Baltimore plays a similar style that he doesn't have to worry about being a distraction on a team that's trying to just change a culture and actually get, actually try to win, right? Actually trying to build something. I, I think it's, I think it's too far gone. I don't think the NFL is going to, to bring him back in some capacity. If he does get picked up on a roster, I think it's on a team that already is set at quarterback and is going to give him an opportunity to to play that backup role, but it will not be a distraction. Somebody with a strong locker room, a strong leadership. And, and I don't really see that right now in the NFL. Like, why are you going to bring him in next to Drew Locke? What is that going to yeah, do for right. you? Like, it's going to yeah. do nothing for, for the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, I just don't see it. I'm kind of tired of the conversation. Like, we know it was wrong what, what happened, but it's over with. And the fact of the matter is he's 34 years old. And if any team out there thinks that they're going to win a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick, I'm sorry, you're mistaken. Yep. But you can go look at the numbers throughout his career. He had a good season. He took him to a Super Bowl, but he was never a proficient passer, and his athletic ability is not what it once was. I don't want to hear that. I watched him throwing the ball. His arm didn't look that great. His <laughs> mechanics didn't look that great. Now, the receivers out there sucked, but, you know, that's another story. <laughs> I, I just – honestly, I'm tired of the conversation every year, and it never happens, so it's pointless to me. Do, do we know – now, I, I'm curious. I, I don't know if you guys know – was he ever offered a backup job over the last few years? And he's just been holding out to be a starter. Do we know any of that information? Do you really know? He canceled a workout, right? He canceled right. a workout because they of some language. And then he only wanted to do it where he like, they're playing mind games now with each other. And they're trying to like play still this blame game. Who knows, but who cares? Like who really cares? Colin Kaepernick is put it this way. If Colin Kaepernick was Josh Gordon, and had the talent of Josh Gordon, he'd be in the NFL. If he had the talent of an elite quarterback, yeah. we wouldn't be having this conversation. He'd be in the NFL. We've seen this know, over man. and over again. I've watched Pac-Man Jones. I've watched guys. Ray Rice came back in the league. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They tried, they tried to give him an opportunity to come back, and he yeah. sucker punched his woman. Like, there have, been, there have been other people that have done bad things, it, terrible things. Yeah. It's one of those Terrible things we things. it's one of those things we get on the NFL for 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 being it for sometimes looking at the talent more so than like the moral of what happened. And if like what you just said, it's sometimes that that's the thing. The talent will always outweigh the moral of the story or whatever's happening outside think, because that's what the NFL it's a business. They're trying to make money. They make decisions that aren't really right there. That's it right there, because I don't think the talent situation goes in this in this in this case, because there has been multiple years. Maybe not today. Today, you were right. The talent is not there. Two, three years ago, he was what better talent? than starters he, in the NFL. He was he better than talent. starters in the he NFL. He was talented. better than backups in the NFL. He, he wasn't the that NFL great when was he was sending starting. a clear message that this will never happen again. So it doesn't matter how good or NFL, bad he's though. going to be. That's he's not, not going to get the, you keep saying the NFL. The NFL is not the one who signs these players. Those are the owners. The owners are saying, you're, the owners you're are bad the for my brand. And, and they're not wrong when they say you're bad for my brand. Because as much as we say it was wrong that he didn't get a job, the minute he comes into a building, it is a distraction. There is no, there's no arguing that. It is an absolute distraction. The conversation is not about your team. The conversation is not about what you're trying to do on the football field. The conversation is Colin Kaepernick. That is a distraction to any NFL organization. So if I'm an owner, and I'm not saying that he didn't ever deserve a job, but if I'm an owner, I don't want him. I don't want that distraction. I don't want a guy like that that's going to draw that much media attention and take away from my team. And I feel like it. it, it if you can outweigh that problem, 
then they'll sign you no matter what. But at 34 years old or 33 years old or 32 years old or whatever it may be, he's not outweighing that. I mean, it's, it's just, it's difficult to do. And I mean, there is the argument out there of people saying, Oh, he's better than some of the quarter starting quarterbacks. this league. you don't know that. Yes. You don't know. You don't know that at all. You don't know that. No one knows that. He hasn't been and in the league. For, never I mean, will. <laughs> and we never, and we never will. Let's, uh, let's, let's dive into these last two uh, news pieces here before we move on to our, uh, our main event this evening, Frank Gore, after 16 seasons in the NFL, will sign a one day contract with the, the San Francisco 49ers and retire a Niner, a well-deserved retirement for one of the, one of the legends of the league. One of the, just the, Oh, Watching Frank Gore over the years was just something special. He was th- he was the third leading rusher in the NFL in NFL history, most consecutive seasons with 1,200 yards uh, from scrimmage. This dude was just an absolute tank. We all know what Frank Gore has done for this league. We all know the stats of Frank Gore in the NFL. Is Frank Gore a Hall of Famer? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anybody? Great I want. That was a jump ball. First of all, who's dunking it down? First of all, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay. Hey, hey. You're talking about the third all-time leading rusher. You mentioned stats. This man played seven straight seasons without missing a game at the running back position between 2011 and 2017. Two almost 20,000 yards from scrimmage in his career. If 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 Frank Gore is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, I will lose a lot of faith in the NFL Hall of Fame. The dude tore his knee. No, and the NFL has done a pretty good job for me for Hall of Fame voting. Uh, They don't let everybody in, and it's hard to get in. The fact of the matter is, is this dude tore his ACL twice in college. And people thought, oh, man, he's going to struggle to stay healthy. And that's all he did was stay healthy. He missed 15 games in 16 years. That's it's unreal. Uh, Yeah, first ballot for me, not even close. 16 seasons, five running backs taken ahead of him. Frank Gore rushed for 16,000 yards in his career. Those five running backs combined rushed for 123 yards more than Frank Gore alone. First ballot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm on board with the Frank Gore hall of fame uh, talk. I just saw went again, scrolling through Twitter to get my nugs here. I <laughs> saw people talking about how they didn't think he was going to, he should be a hall of famer. And he said, and I saw comments saying he was good, not great. He just played a very long time. Like That's that. being great. Hey, hey longevity hey, in hey. the NFL matters. Longevity. Hey, I don't care. If you have two great seasons, but you or you have sixteen good seasons, I'll take that sixteen good. Like there is something to be said about playing that amount of time. Frank Gore was an absolute beast. Very dependable. Um, anybody who argues different, they're they're not in tune with football. They're just not. I'm sorry. At, at, the at average, a position. The average career for a running back is like 3.7 years, bro. Like (laughs) this man played for 16. (laughs) Exactly. That says something. Exactly. Uh, Dylan, did you have anything on this? Are you, uh, you ready to get your uh, Bengals heat going? Absolutely. um, Hall of Famer. No doubt about it. I mean, if he doesn't, then probably, I don't know. He's, he's in. No Dylan, doubt about it. He's Dylan in. over here with the hard hitting analysis here. If he's not in, just like no, that I mean, mono, that's why, that's just that's monotone like voice. When you first said it, when you first said it, it's like, it's a lock. It's a hey, lock. I, I'm just, hey, I got to be the voice of the, I got to be the, the voice of the voiceless who like to troll on Twitter and say he's not a Hall of Famer. I got to make sure we throw those arguments out there to throw those people into the shame, the shame hole. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, that's what you're supposed to do. But he is also, remember, he had 3,000 yard seasons after the age of 30. 
Yeah. Most uh, running backs die at the age of 30. <laughs> we, we did have a trade that happened in the NFL. I'll just bring up the details. We'll touch on this Wednesday though. Cause we need to get the show on the road. Uh, we did see pick 18 moved for pick 16 and pick 19. The Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans saints made a trade. Lots of picks involved. We're going to cover this and so much more on our Wednesday show, but now it is time to move on to our AFC North draft coverage. What's that face for down there? What's that face you for saw you? Bailey's uh, comment. I just saw Bailey's comment. Oh, I can't, I, my, my, my thing is stopped at like the second to last comment. Yeah. I cannot scroll down sometimes, far enough. Sometimes mine does that too. He just said this trade makes no sense. Bailey, you're wrong. Uh, makes actually a lot of sense for Philadelphia, but we will talk about it Wednesday. We don't. Have it to seemed it. like a weird trade at first, and then once you dive into it, it definitely you can start picking it apart. Uh, we'll cover that on Wednesday though, so be able to be sure to tune in live at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and shout out the new Belly Up brand change, mm-hmm. AJ. Yeah. Please tell them about it so we can, uh, you know. I can stuff. do that. I can do that. So um, at, over the time we've been at Belly Up out alone, like they used to have the Belly Up articles where people are writing on all their loving sports. Then they had the Belly Up podcast with shows like ours, shows like Corner Booth, uh, you know, no free ads, but you get it. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we jumped Sheesh. on and they started a TV network. Actually, tomorrow begins their first live coverage of some local type sports. They're trying to show that they can do live sports on the network before they can branch out and get into some higher semi-professional and bottom feeders of professional leagues. So once they took all that into account, they have now changed the belly up brand to belly up media to encompass all of the things. Um, And that is actually helping with a lot of what belly up is looking to do. So uh, in the very near future, the Apple TV is on the way. I'm actually in the conversations with Dan uh, telling him I need to know a little bit more about all that stuff. So Roku's the start for as far as the belly up TV goes. I think a separate radio was coming back, but you know, we yeah, we're doing like what that. we're doing here and I'm loving that. Belly up like worldwide. We huh? <laughs> I like that we on TV. We on TV. I mean? We we are on Mama TV. So we were everywhere. We are oh, everywhere. Boy. Worldwide, wide, 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 wide. Uh the but Nina, yeah. the Pinta. <laughs> there it is. Research is happening at any given moment around the world because of the Alzheimer's Association. As the force uniting dementia science efforts all around the world, the Alzheimer's Association is investing $300 million in more than 920 projects in 45 countries. Learn more at alz.org slash any given moment. Uh, all right, let's get into this AFC North uh, draft coverage here. We are identifying one player from this draft that is a must-get for these teams, again, we're kicking it off with our beloved AFC North. AJ sometimes can be a Bengals fan. Dylan sure as hell cannot be a Bengals fan. He absolutely hates them like so much. <laughs> wow. <where> stops. <laughs> so let's get into it here. We're going to break it down, what the team needs, where they're picking and everything. This is what we have listed as the Bengals team needs as a guard, a center, a corner, a cornerback. They have a lot of picks and gentlemen, I'm about to take you down memory lane here real quick before we let Dylan set the world on fire. This is the recent history of Bengals selecting in the, with a 30th or higher pick between 30 and 39. These are some, this is some pretty good luck here with these picks though. You got Boomer Esiason, Chad Johnson, Icky Woods, Chris Collinsworth. I know these guys. I've seen these guys throw out Andy Dalton. They've had a pretty good time picking in the thirties. So Dylan, who is a must get (laughs) for the Bengals at 30? Icky. Um, 
<laughs> no, um, they need help. They fix the offensive line to the most part, right? <laughs> they do. They do. This is why I said they won't make the playoffs because they need help on the defensive side of the ball. God forbid, get us a corner and call up Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon is a fantastic corner coming out of this class. A lot of people have him underrated. Uh, out of Washington, forces fumbles, does everything well. Um, you look at his stats last year, two interceptions. He's forced the forced one fumble. Uh, he's a, draws, a comp- draws comparisons to a Byron Jones-esque player where he can bounce a little bit. Um, I mean, there's a lot to like with Kyler Gordon. And, you know, we mentioned their need on the defensive side of the ball, especially the secondary. They have Jesse Bates on the back end, a good safety who's on a franchise tag for now, but they really need help at the cornerback position. We saw Eli Apple in the playoffs. Um, Kyler Gordon is good to where he can play day one. He might take a little bit to get going, but I think he's all right. And he'll be, it'll be a great pick right there for the Bengals to where you could start him on day one. I, I don't love it. Why? Ooh. I don't I don't Ooh. love it. I, I, I actually think I mean, first of all, Kyler Gordon's the second best cover cover guy in that uh in that Washington secondary. We'll get to my pick here shortly. Um he he's often beat a lot in press coverage. He's not the strongest guy. He's tough to get off blocks for him. He doesn't really get disengaged. And then also when he's talking about getting in and out of receiver breaks and trying to jump those balls, he's a little slow at that. So um if you're Cincinnati, you're looking for a cover guy. I don't know that I go a Kyler Gordon. I think I would go somebody that fits a scheme that can play both man and zone very well. He's lost in zone coverages a lot. Uh, but I mean, He's I like in. the position of need, but I don't know. I, I feel like the first round would be too high to reach on a Kyler Gordon. I don't know that Kyler Gordon goes in the first it's round. If he does, um, I feel as like I feel like somebody's reaching. It's 30s. As a, a back end. So I feel like somebody would be reaching. Someone reached okay, underneath people the like end to play last that, year. That a little, little close to home, though. Like, yeah, I don't know if I. It, it could. I mean, it could be the fact that you know, if the if the DBs start to go on a run, right? If there if there's you know four five taken quickly, then you might start having to look at a player like that at thirty one, or you you go somewhere else as far as like the offensive line or something like that. Aaron, if you say a cornerback has to go, who would yeah. you have the Bengals uh, taking at thirty one? Hands down, this is the easy. This was the easiest out of all the teams for me. It's Trent McDuffie. We talked about Washington. This guy right here, he's physical. He's tough against the run. He's a willing tackler. He can play in both man and end zone coverage. He's really good in space. Uh, he has great ball skills. His production is not. You look at a statue. You're like, oh well, he didn't. He didn't get many interceptions at Washington. Well, the fact of the matter is, is his closing speed was there. He had a lot of pass breakups. The only thing he kind of lacks is the size. Uh, you worry about maybe going against a physical, more physical receiver that's taller um, that he can't get around. But as far as ball skills, closing in and out of breaks, man zone coverage, this guy can do it all. I think he's one of the better cover corners in this draft. We talk about a Sauce Gardner, a Derek Stingley. Um, I think that McDuffie is right there after those guys. So uh, I like Trent McDuffie here. I think the Cincinnati Bengals, if he falls to him at 31, I think it's a slam dunk. Mm. That's a good pick. It's not the right one. It's a good pick, though, and I think there's a trend here with with saying that they need to go off with they need to go corner and I'll go next here real quick and keep the train going and I will take a different corner who I think one thing that strayed me away and you guys are we were talking all good things about our corners and why they should take them my corner. I'm not going to say is is a perfect corner, but I'm going to take cornerback out of Florida career Elam. 
this kid here, he's got the athleticism. He played well against SEC wide receivers. Get this. And I, you guys know how big of an Alabama fan I am. So I watch these games closely. When Florida played Alabama this year, it was one of their toughest games. He had two catches for 36 yards on seven targets with two pass breakups against Bryce Young and a group that had stellar wide receivers, a very talented offense. This guy is a very, very talented cornerback. He can play in press coverage. He's got speed. He's got a penalty problem. That worries me a little bit. But with this, where you're picking at 31, I don't think you're going to be able to get him. I don't, I, to be honest, I don't think McDuffie falls to them at 31. I think you are maybe looking at a Kyler Gordon or an Elam here. And that's why I take, I, I would take Elam over anyone else because he has the ability to be a playmaker. And that's kind of what, what Cincinnati really needs on that in the corners, because obviously you're getting, you got burnt apple crisps there. And then you got, whatever else is back there <laughs> to me it's it's elon here good. at 31 i think that'll be a good pick for him and this is a shocker this comes as a shock for me because i don't like i have a hard time i don't i'm not a big fan of like the recent florida talent players and talented players coming out in the first round I've never been a real big fan of them i was yeah, never really big fan of tj henderson year you want to know say what is on. it say what is it say the question there why Aaron. do why do people do that because the, the, C.J. The Henderson five, was a trash five, first round who pick. Who cares? C.J. Tyson Henderson is not, is not Kyrie Elam. No, like that's a, no, no, that argument. I'm not on you, Vinny. I'm just saying that statement alone, just it, like who cares? So the last four corners that were drafted out of Florida ended up not being very good. Maybe they went to the wrong team. Maybe they it, didn't it, honestly, the it, well. it isn't. It isn't about the talent, though. It is about the discipline. It is about the discipline coming out of a Dan Mullen system in Florida that I ha I just haven't liked. But when okay, I watch that, the tape, fair, when I watch get in the, the NFL, there's it changes there's coaches it, that are supposed to. You're right. That. You're right. But I watched the tape on Elam, and that's why I put my differences aside here and said this guy is good. One last note on him: he has a 55.6 passer rating in his coverage since 2019. That's the best among power five corners. That's even with, with uh, the other cornerbacks in this draft. He's a ball hawk. He's a playmaker and, and he's a ball hawk. I really like him. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I just didn't like that. You had a back backhand compliment slap him at the end with Florida corners. Like I, he, it's, he's, it's he's the, legit. I, and I think he can be a difference maker because he is a playmaker. I will say when Elam comes out of Florida, you're getting a normal, good prospect. Most of Elam's who've come through Florida have always been a stud. At least there definitely at the Florida level. I'll give you that. So there you go. Yeah. AJ, who you got? Yeah. Um, you guys held it down. I, I agree that in the first round at the 30th spot, cornerback is something they should go ahead and grab. Um, so I, de I decided to go ahead and jump to the second round, uh, pick 63. And I'm going to go with Dylan Parham. Speaking of Dylan's, you know, I love me a Parham. Uh, <laughs> this guy, he's he good stuff here at uh, Memphis very quick he's got the he's got nice mobility uh can play all throughout that line uh great movement he can recover very well too because as a lineman it's gonna happen you're gonna get beat when he gets beat he gets back to the punch he's always there uh to step back forward and get going he does need to add some strength upper upper body lower body as well and I say the lower body because he likes to get low and if he's not gonna be able to explode from that low start as well he's gonna get caught a lot so I, I like the fact that they did buffer their line in Cincinnati, giving this guy at the back half of the second round, a guy who can be developed, who can be versatile, and as well as their injuries late in the 
season, you would hope that he's been developed enough to jump in and play within your scheme. If not, he's got the raw talent enough to hold his own for the most part. It won't look any worse than it did a season before when they went to the Super Bowl. So Dylan Parr, I'm out of Memphis, second round pick 63. I like him for the Bengals. It's a good pick. I, I don't think, I don't think Bengals fans can be mad at us here on this one. I don't think, I don't think well, the, I, mean, I don't, they, they didn't need anybody, right? Right. YouTube Bengals oh, fans yeah, says true. their team is already stacked. They, they don't should, need to improve they anywhere. Picks. They might as well just forfeit their draft picks because they, they don't need to improve. Oh, they don't so, should. You like hey, we're still waiting. Trade all your draft picks for the next year. Hey, Bengals fans, if you want to come out and, and chat with us, we've we've had a lot of good conversations with Bengals fans in the past. I'm sure you guys would love listen, listening to us maybe, and having maybe a, they should a good hire, chat. Maybe they should call Bill O'Brien. He'll trade all their draft picks for them. Genius. I think Cincinnati is going to heavily focus on that O-line and defense for the remainder of free agency. They, you know, we can talk about um, have they done enough? Do they need to add? But they definitely need to add some depth on the back end and getting a corner here. He won't have to start right away necessarily. If you feel comfortable with Eli Apple, Chidobia Wuzier. Um, and then you can talk about offensive line. Maybe you go guard there and then Karis can play center or you get a center and then move uh, Karis over to guard. So um, I think those are two of the main spots. You might see some D line help, but I think Cincinnati definitely needs to address those particular areas. And one more nugget, Vinny, you failed to put on that graphic. Uh, T Higgins was also in the thirties. Was he? I, I, I guess I just looked at the, I, I don't know. I, I, I would have much rather put Andy Dalton and Chris Collinsworth than T Higgins. Okay. We just don't know. We just don't know about T Higgins yet. Okay. We don't know Is if he's he going to be able to play there? like Chris Collinsworth. Okay, come on. They're taking Nikki. Yeah, there you um, go. Vinny, Vinny, welcome That's in. Me. Welcome in our first Bengals fan, I believe, for a while. Thank you for being honest, Mr. Matt Jenkins. First of all, thank you for watching. Uh, thank you for being honest, because I don't know how many times we fought with Bengals fans about how good Eli, Eli Apple is not. Um, <laughs> but I was told he was the second best cover corner in the AFC last year, so I, I don't know. Huh. Oof. Oof. Who said that? Yikes. You, YouTube. YouTube. Hey. Some... YouTube, YouTube fans, YouTube fans were, were on. Is that one of those I, things where you just you, you move the stats until they they say what you want them to say? <laughs> I'm like, I I don't care even if he did rank number two. The fact of the matter is, I've watched enough Eli Apple when he was with the Saints and the Giants and the Giants. Now, you yeah. know, and yeah, it yeah. As a Cowboy fan, trust me, I wish he was still on the Giants. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, hey, and and please share the show. Let everyone know uh, we are here and uh, grinding it out, talking about the Bengals. Just about every show now, we we have something with the Bengals, especially on Mister Monday Nights down there, saying that they're not going to make. The- not going to make the playoffs and best friends with Jesse Bates, best friends with Jesse Bates. Uh, Let's move on to the next team in the AFC North. And that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their draft needs similar to the Bengals. They need a guard. The Bengals didn't need a wide receiver, but they need a wide receiver. And they also need a quarterback. And that's kind of where I I just, I, I don't, I know we have our players of interest and stuff like that here, but I just want to get this question out of the way. Should the Pittsburgh Steelers draft a quarterback in round one, AJ, Aaron, Dylan, you guys can, this is a jump ball slam dunk at home. First one to get it wins. I say, no, there it is. Done whoa, deal. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hell no. <laughs> no, no, no. First of all, I say, no, he doesn't get to say no. He, no, he okay. can't say no. Oh, oh his oh, answer oh, oh. has to be yes, because he refuses to say the name of their quarterback. That's yep. currently on their <laughs> roster. What and now that, he's going to say they do don't need one. Where did that come from, Vinny? No, nope. where did that come from? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear fantasy it. Fantasy football. 
I don't care. Okay, for fantasy I don't football. care if you he's refuse me to say the quarterback's name that you won't right, even so, – he's so trash. Right, so you before I let you go then, before I let you go then, uh, Vinny, I need us to go back to when we were giving grades and you need to take mm-hmm. that A off of the Raiders because you won't say that wide receiver's name, uh, Mr. You know Devontae Adams. You won't say that because he burned well, you hey, wait, in fantasy wait, football. Wait, 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 That's wait, the rules, wait, wait. right? Wait, Those are the wait, rules. Hold on, Devontae Adams and Mitchell Trubisky. No, oh I'm, I'm taking your hold words. Hold where on, you said if I won't say his name, I can't even I can't even lobby in his favor. Time so out. neither can Time out. Hold on. Time out. Uh, yeah. I just wanted the record to be shown that I probably, I think I messed up my AFC West graphics. So I don't even know <laughs> if I had them at an A or not because it was a messed up graphic on the show. We oh. cannot confirm or deny that I gave them an A, but I get where you're coming from. I get where Aaron's coming from. <laughs> Dylan, settle it. Do they need to uh, take a quarterback in round one? No, they're all right. They're all right. Who, sh- um, Mitchell who, sh- who should they go against- with then? Who should they go with? Well, my mind just happens to come in the second round host. So I'm going to look in the second round for my pick. Um, and it's not a first round pick. I'm going back to the cornerback position. I'm sorry, but it's got to be Darion Kendrick. Cornerback out of Georgia. And i tell you what about Darion Kendrick. I saw a lot of dogs games this year. I saw a lot of Georgia Bulldogs SEC football. And Darion Kendrick, four picks last year. I know they have Cam Sutton. I know they have Levi Wallace. He doesn't have to start on day one. This Georgia defense was fantastic last year. Um, they, they played fantastic down the stretch. But he, he doesn't have to start on day one. He's someone that can come in, groom a little bit. They lose Joe Hayden. They did draft a Justin Lane kid out of Michigan State a few years ago, and he's been ah, eh, and he's still buried on their depth chart. I think Kendrick is someone you could really look at as a second-round pick. Um, someone there, he he does have a weakness. Uh, if you're looking at it, he was arrested on drug and gun charges, so he has a little bit of off-the-field issues. But don't worry, Mike Tomlin will get him situated. Bring him to Pittsburgh. Second-round pick with a first-round value right there with Darion Kendrick. It's not a bad pick. I, I, it's no, it's not a bad nice. pick. Yeah, that is a good pick. And I also – I went the same route uh, as Dylan, and I'll just tag on, tag on uh, what he just said. I went with my with a second-round pick as well for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the reason I went with this player is pretty much what Matt Jenkins just said here. Trubisky means you are a run-first team, and if you are a run-first team, you are going to be giving the ball to Najee Harris. And if you are going to be giving the ball to Najee Harris, you need a mauler – like Darian Kennard, the uh, he is he played at he played tackle for Kentucky, but he he actually played both, and he wasn't that bad at either one of them when he played. He can play guard, he can play tackle, and I think that they need to move him to the guard spot. Uh, and I think he's going to be the perfect fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had the uh, highest rated PFF score since 2020, higher than Evan Neal. He was first last year, fourth in 2020, sixth in 2019. This guy. It's exactly what Pittsburgh needs to do. And that is put the ball on the ground, put the ball in the hands of Najee Harris and just absolutely pound the rock. And you can do that behind a Darian Kennard. Yeah. You, you mentioned moving him to guard. I think that's a good, uh, that's a good assessment. Sometimes he has trouble against some speed guys. Cause he's, I don't think he can play tackle. Um, yeah, in the NFL, I, it's going to be hard against those pass rushers to 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 play that position the way his leverage is. is. He's a bigger guy, but he also tends to get out in front a little bit too much, and those speed guys can get by him. So I like the move to guard there. That was one of the that was one of the things that I really had a hard time doing with like deciding on whether or not I wanted him in this spot for Pittsburgh, because I was like, Oh, cause on the surface, they might say tackle for him, but the, the, I don't, I, I don't want him to be a tackle. I don't think he is best fit 
at the tackle position. And I think it's perfect for Pittsburgh because they need a guard and they can go out and switch him and it'll be a seamless transition and he fits exactly what they need. AJ, you're next, sir. Glad you went there. I'm also glad you asked the quarterback position because the fact that everyone was talking about quarterback for Pittsburgh is part of the reason that I made the pay, the pick I did in the first round at pick 20. And I also went with a tackle, and that's going to be Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. This guy is a mauler, just huge, big, and nasty. He His whole life is to be physical. He doesn't stop on plays. He doesn't cheat the game. If he gets his hands on you, he's more than likely not stopping until you're on the ground. If you watch him at the Senior Bowl, he was getting in everybody's mind because he was just talking trash. He was pushing them all over the field. He's physical. He runs well. He's strong as an ox. This guy, he, he kind of embodies Pittsburgh to me. The type of nastiness that was the steel curtain, who's to say you can't have a little bit of that on the offensive side of the ball? And as we were talking about, we saw what they did with Najee Harris. As you alluded to, they want to run the ball. As Matt Jenkins in our, in our uh, chat alluded to, it's a run team. And we talked about this last season. They didn't have a line. If you were going to use a, a stopgap quarterback like Mitch Trubisky, you might as well put all the requisite pieces around him so that you can keep your winning season, but then also have something ready for whoever the heir apparent is if you draft next year or the year after. I really like Trevor Penning. He's going in this area. Whoever gets him, they're getting a solid, solid day one type guy. They need all I, I think the best. Ooh. I think the best. It's, no, it's, it's a good pick. I think the best point you had there, and it, it really it ties into to both of our picks this year, is you you have Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback now. Obviously, you had a statue of Big Ben last year. <laughs> you don't want a repeat of last year. You need to go out and address right. that offensive line. And we were talking about all last season. I mean, you even, Aaron, you went on record here and just absolutely destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers back in November or December saying that they were a terrible team. And uh, really, one of those big things was because of the offensive line. So, uh there, there you go. Aaron, who do you have? Uh, who do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers need to be taking in this draft? Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys pretty much covered the offensive line woes that I, I felt like they had all of last year. They went out and got a, a couple of additions this year and Mason Cole and some others in offseason. So I like where they're going with that. I like the idea of them taking one in the second round or even the first round this year. For me, I was looking late. I was looking a little bit later for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I went deep into the third round and the loss of James Washington, the loss of a Ray Ray McLeod leaves loss of Juju Smith-Schuster leaves a void at the wide receiver position. And I think a guy that would fit in nicely there with Deontay and Claypool is your home, your, your Homer team, uh, Mr. John Mechie. Uh, I just think John Mechie is the type of guy that would fit what Pittsburgh's trying to do. You can get him the ball early. He gets some good run after the catch. Um, he has good hands, good balance. His route running is really, really, he does a really good job of running precise routes. Um, you worry about his size, right? You worry about how big he is and can he play that physical style? So I say you put him in the slot. You got a bigger guy in Claypool. You got an, a playmaker on the outside in Deontay Johnson. Um, he's not going to go up and make contested catches, but he can play that slot receiver. He can go out and fill space, uh, find holes in zones, and then run after the catch. And I think Pittsburgh has always done a really good job of drafting wide receivers, especially late. Um, and I think John Mechie would be a nice fit there. That that is I I've I've liked Mechie a lot. I thought he obviously he's he's got some injury injury concerns. He's a smaller guy, and I see him just going farther and farther down draft boards. And I'm like, man, he would be a just so, a solid. He would be a steal. 
I have I, I have a I forgot to mention my comp on the first one, but I do I did do comparisons like my NFL comp and what I see from him. He reminds me a lot of Emmanuel Sanders. So I, I think he can come out and do what Emmanuel Sanders kind of did for Pittsburgh early and then in Denver. Like I think he has that type of potential. Not he's not gonna be a top flight elite wide receiver in the NFL, but I do think he could be a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. It's a good pick. Good one. It's a good pick. It's a good comp. Uh, let's go over to the Let's go over to the Cleveland Browns next here. They need a wide receiver, a defensive tackle, and an edge rusher. They traded uh, their first-round pick to acquire uh, Deshaun Watson. They have the 44th pick in the draft in the second round as their first pick. And I'm going to tie off of what you just said, Aaron. I was originally going to – I was considering – taking John Mechie for the Cleveland Browns. Cause he, this is that sweet spot. That second, third round is that sweet spot for Mechie. But then I thought about it. I was like, obviously I could pick the same person you picked and it wouldn't be a problem. And then I started comparing him to a guy that I like a lot. You guys have heard me talk a lot about him. It's George Pickens from the Georgia Bulldogs. Now this man, he did not play a lot. And I know that's why he keeps dropping on draft boards. And this is a perfect spot to take him in the second round for pick 44 for the Cleveland Browns. This is a guy who is going to go up and get the ball for you. He, I, this guy throws his body at every single ball, the amount of diving like that one right there. This guy does it all for the Georgia Bulldogs. He was incredible in the national championship game. He was incredible throughout the season when he did play. I saw one thing that I really noticed a lot is this guy finds soft spots in coverage better than any, any wide receiver in college football this past season when he played. And I think that'll be a perfect option for Deshaun Watson. You now have Amari Cooper there. Who's going to be able to give you that consistency, get you a Pickens, And then you, it's, the, it's beautiful, Cleveland. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Aaron, that was some, that was some great B roll, man. That, that was a hell of a highlight reel right there. Even in 30 seconds, just watching him right there. It makes a strong case for just to support everything you said. Vinny. like, and he, he didn't, time. he didn't play, even, he, he can play. He's a big time playmaker. Um, I have some concerns as to why he's dropping. Uh, he, he's not a great route runner. You mentioned him finding, being able to find space in zone. He's really good at it, but his just press, he uses a lot of his physicalness. He thinks he's stronger than everybody. So he tends to just say, okay, if you're going to press me, I'm just going to basically ride you down the field, throw you off and get to my spot. So his route running needs to kind of improve there. Cause when he goes against professional defensive backs, they're going to have technique and they're going to be able to kind of thwart whatever he's trying to do as far as physical wise. Uh, but I do like him. I like his, like willingness to impose his will. And we, we talked about the type of receivers you like Vinny, the Mike Evans, um, the Calvin Johnson's over the years. He reminds yeah. me a lot of Des Bryant when he was coming out, it wasn't polished as far as around, but he's just like, I'm physical. I'm going to go out and get it. And he doesn't have that super top end speed, but he can run. So um, I, I do like him in a second round pick. You're, you're getting a good player there. So, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. And you don't have first. So that's, that's what Cleveland's got to do. Uh, AJ, let's, let's go to you next. Who do the Cleveland Browns need to get in this draft? So um, you heard last year when I was uh, started the season on the Cleveland Browns train, one of the big things that I, I was supportive of them was what their defense was building into. That secondary has some talented guys on it, especially when they're healthy. Uh, their edge rushers are good. Uh, I think now they need to find a way to solidify the inside. And I think a really good way to do that is a defensive lineman, Travis Jones, out of UConn. This guy just eats up the line. He's what six five three thirty three, and it's like all muscle. 
this guy, he invites double teams and he's great at getting around them. So when you have a guy that is going to take up two of your linemen, that is going to allow that edge like Miles Garrett to run some stunts. They're pushing to bring Jadavion Clowney back, allowing them to be on the edge. I know Chase Winovich ain't much, but if you're rotating these guys on the edge and you have something to stop up and gap up the inside uh, like a Travis Jones, it's it's going to be a very, very long day for anybody trying to run against that front. And then on top of that, you got all that help in the secondary, and you know what we've been talking about with these linebackers. So I think if you can solidify that interior of that defensive line to go with the Miles Garrett and the hopefully bringing back a Javion Clowney, it's going to be one of the better lines in the AFC. And with the quarterback in the AFC, that's something you need. Going deep. That's a that's a deep name right there, I feel like. That's like uh, – I don't think I've ever – I've heard, I, I, obviously with what we've been talking about, I have not – been able to cover the draft and get my scouting on, but that that's a good name, man. That's a good name right there. Uh, Dylan, Dylan, how about you? I'll give you a better name. Sticking at the same position, going back to the dogs <laughs> and uh, it's a defensive tackle right here. Everybody's writing about Mr. Jordan Tank Davis, but look at Devontae Wyatt, right? Stick him right in the middle. This guy is a big dude. He's, he's over 301 pounds. He's six six, I believe. Two and, a, two and a half sacks last year, two forced fumbles. He can come in there, be that defensive tackle. Look at that division, would you? Baltimore runs the ball. The Pittsburgh's trying to run the ball with Najee. Uh, Cincinnati has a good run game. They added some offensive line. You're going to have to stuff the run. Devontae Wyatt's pretty fast, too. He can get off blocks nicely, and he always looks to make a play. I mean, that guy's all over the field looking to tackle a runner, looking to get after the quarterback, whatever he needs to do. He's just a great defensive tackle. They tried to fill it. I know there's been a little bit of a hole there, a defensive tackle. They signed a Taven Bryan. That's not going to help you anything. Uh, what you're thinking there about Taven Bryan, you guys were shit. So bring in Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, terrible. Mr. Devontae, let it let him take over and uh, he'll make some plays for you. That would be a steal at 44. Yeah, I was about to say, I, that's <laughs> what I saw too. I was 44. like, why? Why it's climbing, man? That guy could go first round yeah, from what it, I've what yeah. I've been seeing. People are worried about his pass rushing ability from the interior spot because he has a tendency to play the run really well. So he tends to not pursue up the field. He tends to stop and basically leave himself vulnerable right to the offensive line because he's not he doesn't have that high motor through the line um but if he makes it to 44 that, that would be a good pick and yours aaron oh i'm next oh okay <laughs> um, <laughs> let, let me <laughs> my, mine's easy uh, unfortunately he just suffered a catastrophic injury um I think Cleveland is looking for somebody still on that other side of Miles Garrett. And I think they can take a risk here because they don't have a first round pick. They could get a chance who somebody who probably would be drafted earlier. And that's David Ojabo. We're talking about a guy who just tore his Achilles, probably would go in the first round the way he was moving up the draft boards. His ability to just be a pure pass rusher on the outside, his speed, his bend, his flexibility. It's all phenomenal. It's it's in Dylan's word, phenomenal. Um, he has decent length, so sometimes he doesn't have the strength to get over those big tackles, but he can use his speed to get to the ball. Um, I think he needs to improve his rush defense a little bit. He's not that great against the run, but if you're looking for somebody to come in as a rookie, uh, maybe a second-year player um, next year that can just get upfield on third downs and go attack the quarterback, I think he's a guy that you look at. Um, David Ajabos for me, is uh, somebody that Cleveland could really use. Imagine back-to-back years. Cleveland just makes out with like the two steals of the draft just because of injury concerns. You got Jock this past Amazing. year and now a Jabo this year. Uh, that that would actually be... reminds me of Josh Allen. You're Josh. Oh, yeah. Allen. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen. He's very the good. Superior, He's... The superior Josh Allen. Can't yeah. confirm. Mike, he is the one where Josh <laughs> Allen, I played Josh Allen. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Took the mud yes. dog. Remember when the mud dog won the bourbon boat? Oh, I, just, I don't know why that reminded me. Right? <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say, in the in the world where the Browns would take David Ajabo, I'm quite impressed with the last couple years. Besides quarterback, what the Browns have done, at least on the defensive side of the ball, they've been getting some good picks. I know there are some injury concerns, but as far as talent goes and the expectations of what they can bring. That, that would be that would be so they've definitely drafted better since you know they got a lot of value yeah. picks like it's just mm-hmm. they're getting a lot of value where they're i mean like we just said jock where where he fell to and if they get ojabo then i mean that's that's some that's some, that's some steals uh let's finish it off here with the baltimore ravens uh they need an edge rusher a defensive end i you know aaron you put that down on the list i what's the i, I guess there is a difference between edge rusher uh, or edge and defensive end and then there's <laughs> when quarterback you're, when you're running a three four yes it's yeah a i guess that's a thing i guess that's a thing they have picks 14 45 76 <laughs> four, four, so on uh <laughs> Dylan, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the Purdue guy. And I know you might be thinking, uh, got ties to Purdue. No, George Carlaftis. And I'm not laughing here. George Carlaftis. You look at this guy last year uh, at Purdue, four and a half sacks. Go back to his freshman year in 2019. Throughout 2020, the Big Ten played like five games. Seven and a half sacks in 2019, right? Two forced fumbles this year. The guy's an absolute beast. You put him on the outside, he can make plays. I mean, this is a defensive end that the Baltimore Ravens need. You lose a Calais Campbell. The defense is getting older. Bring in a guy with a high motor like Carlaftis. He can come in there, make some plays. And look at that. I mean, he's got enough speed to get to the end zone. Put him at running back, huh? What about J.K.? Uh, same same conference there, Big Ten, whatever. Um, no, Karlaftis is good. He can make plays on the defensive side of the ball. I think he's a great fit for Baltimore, who still even saw it, D-end, edge. I mean, he could fit the bill there. I, I think he's a great pick at 14, and I think uh, he, could, he could make plays on that defense. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. I like uh, Karlaftis. Dylan, I know I, the reason why I did that for you is I didn't know if you, how I, we didn't get to talk too much in pre-production. Uh, did you need to go to Schetzel's Cloud? Are you going to, are you doing no. that? Are you okay? Got it. Got no. it. I just want to make sure I'm trying to be a good friend. I'm just trying to be a good friend. What a piece of shit. Not going I to appreciate you. Join the club, baby. Join the club. <laughs> now he's got it on tape that he told you to go to class and you declined. <laughs> thinking ahead, thinking ahead. AJ, uh, we'll let you go next. Who do the yeah, so Baltimore Ravens I, I'm the one take? that went a little sorry about that. I'm the one that went a little different here. Um I see the D the DN, the cornerback, and the edge <laughs> and everything. My my belief here is that the Ravens are really good at getting talent on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I know they lost some pieces, but I know that they were also really banged up last year. So they may bring back some guys that they're really high on. Uh and we know on the offensive side of the ball, they really love to run the ball. Uh so I went with the best center in the draft. And as some people are saying, the best center they've drafted in the PFF era, uh, that's Tyler Lindebaum out of Iowa. This guy is another true stud. Uh, 6'3", 290, high, high football IQ. He's great in the run game. He moves. He's the centerpiece of this unit, and they all move together. He loves to get to the second level. When he has a free run to the second level, it's like a missile just being shot out. Um, he, he's He's... 95.4 overall grade last season. Like, think about that. He does so much. This line, this line depended on him almost all season long. And I believe if you put him in the game in the uh in the Baltimore Ravens uniform, having him on those run schemes with a Lamar and a JK and what other running backs they put back there, they're gonna be one of the hardest teams to stop in the run game once again. 
Uh, so I, I like this pick right here, especially with it being one of my first assessments of the draft. Obviously, you know, I'll change a thousand times, but this is a good look at the very least. And uh, I don't think they'd be upset at all with doing that. From from what I've been seeing on, on him, I, he he is climbing. I, that's, I've said that a lot. He is climbing up to the point for me as one of the best players, if not the best player, the most talented player in this draft, in my opinion. And I, I had maybe, maybe a stretch early on, uh, but from what I've seen, he seems to be the, one of the best. And I, I, I went before I made my pick, I was torn between him and the guy I did pick and because they did lose Bradley Bozeman. So it's, it's a huge, a huge loss for them. And to be able to just, to, I, I feel like if you put him at center for Baltimore, it would be like, you, you didn't even, you didn't even lose your center. I feel like that's yeah. like the the transition right I think there. It's a, I think it's early for a center. I think pick 14 is a little early. You might see a scenario where they trade down or trade back. Um, I do think Linderbaum's going to be gone earlier than he normally would go. Be. Just yeah, be, yeah just because he's that good. Uh, but I do think 14 is a little early for a center. Um, and I'm worried because it's such a deep edge rushing they, they need some help on defense. Like you mentioned, they always draft good defensive players. They do. But last year, their secondary struggled because they got hurt. Their defensive line couldn't get to the quarterback. They couldn't really stop anybody defensively last year. Um, I, I thought the loss of Darius Smith told me Baltimore's going to have to go defense with their first round pick. But again, you might see a situation where they feel like there's some good depth there that they could trade back, maybe get still get a Linderbaum, pick up an extra pick. Um, if they can get it, then obviously I, I, like I said, I think the defensive line needs help. I'm going with the best defensive lineman. Perhaps we talked about best defensive line or offensive center. Maybe the perhaps defensive line we've seen in a really, really long time. I got to find his, uh, his thing though. I can't find him. Where's that? She probably spelled with a J, not right a T. There. Yeah, shut up. Anyways, <laughs> we're talking about Jordan Davis. You're talking Frank. about a guy who is just his size is unreal. It's massive. He's he plays with pop. He's crazy strong. We've never really seen a guy this big. He's almost 350 pounds on the defensive side of the ball. He's bigger than offensive lineman. He can play both the zero and three technique. Don't worry, Dylan. I'll explain that to you after. Um, he, he does <laughs> over pursue at times, but in 2021, he won the Bagnaric Award, which was the best defensive player, and also the Outland Trophy, which is the best defensive line or best lineman on either side of the ball. So that includes the offensive lineman. Uh, Jordan Davis is an absolute monster. And I think this guy is going to be a force to reckon with. And again, I'm going to give you a player comp that you guys should know and should love. John um, Henderson. He reminds me a lot of John Henderson. Big um, John Henderson, yeah. baby. Let's yeah. go. So, so I, I really, really like Jordan Davis here. I think Baltimore could use that. He fits that. Uh, you mentioned that when Pittsburgh, when you got picked Pittsburgh, kind of fit that scheme. I think that's what Jordan Davis can do here. Um, and Dylan, um, he can play both the zero and three tech. Oh, do you know what that means? To three. Okay. <laughs> means he can play. He can play that nose guard position or you can move him in outside between a guard and a tackle. So he doesn't, he's not stuck being this big body that, you know, you just stick right in the middle of the defense and say, you got to stay there. He's very versatile. He can play either. So uh, Jordan Davis to me is one of my favorite players in this draft. When I played Godzilla. football, it was always ABC gap. No one, two, three gap. Kid still yeah, doesn't know his ABCs though. Offensively, you run ABC gaps. Defensively is one, two, threes. Defensively, they they're numbered. You could call them A, but you're not really those aren't you're not playing a gap. You're playing off the the position of the offensive lineman. So if you're playing zero tech, you're head up on the center. If you're playing three tech, that means you're on the outside shade in between the guard and the tackle. Cool. 
Cool. And I, that's I why you are the X's and O's of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I will finish yeah. it off and I will go with AJ's favorite second favorite i i know he battles them Break with it. florida i know i know both, Dude, both i will slap you through this computer <laughs> <laughs> i will see you in two I hours i will son. be giving the baltimore ravens and saying that they need to go out and take jermaine johnson out of florida state he led the acc in sacks with 11 and a half sacks he led the acc in tackles for a loss with 17 and a half this dude is a baller he was a beast at florida state this past year and a lot of people would say oh he had to go to florida state to play easier competition he couldn't hack it at georgia but that isn't even true either I, I, that's the, that's what I've heard. That's what I hear people saying. He couldn't hack it at Georgia, but in the people seven trash, games at Georgia, bro. in the seven games at Georgia, he had 16 tackles, five tackles for a loss and five sacks. Let me put it to you this way. Aziz Ojolari went in the first round last year to the New York Giants and had a pretty good season. He, in those seven games, had 17 tackles, three and a half sacks and four and a half tackles for a loss. So worse than Jermaine Johnson, this dude is a beast and obviously fits the need of an edge rusher for the Baltimore Ravens. That is exactly what he can do. He can bring the pressure him and Odafe away, man. That is sign me up for that. I'd love to see it. Book it. Jermaine Johnson. Second Baltimore best Ravens. Johnson, the step foot at Florida state. Mr. AJ, number one. My and, man. and I just want people to understand here. Listen to the guys we just talked about, Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, uh, Walker. There was so much depth on that line, on that defense at Georgia. Jermaine Johnson would have had to be a fifth-year senior to put up one fantastic season, hoping he wouldn't get injured to go into the NFL. He made a business decision, and it paid off really well. Just he's He's an absolute freak. Um Dude is super crazy explosive. I love him. Um, I'm glad AJ didn't spend a lot of time on him. We would have just called him a homer. We know how much he praises Florida State. But he's not lying here. Like, this guy is an absolute stud. Um, I worry about him going against bigger tackles when he gets up in them. But when you get when you're an edge rusher and you're trying to get to the quarterback, we've seen it over and over again in this league. Speed kills. I mean, when you get a size of guys the size of a Micah Parsons and some of these thinner guys that are just running around these bigger tackles, I love Johnson. I thought he was an absolute freak. Um, yeah, sign me up. They can get him. That's uh, that's big time. He, he and, and he's he a is. workhorse too. Like you mentioned, the the bigger guys, and of course that's going to be an issue. But he's that type of guy, the work ethic. And I read a couple of different things on him when I was watching him play. Like once he's beat, he finds a way that that doesn't happen again. And it's going to take some time, obviously, but he's a workhorse. So I think he, he'll he find his weaknesses and attack them very, very tough in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think, I mean, he he is what we call on this show an athlete. So he would be <laughs> good. Athlete. Uh, With an F. It's athlete. <laughs> athlete. Athlete. Are we throwing an extra A in there? Athlete? Or are we just Don't saying athlete? Athlete. Got athlete. it. Got it. There we'll we go. put them all there together. <laughs> Looking for a dump like an athlete. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. That does it for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. We have now covered the AFC North on Wednesday. We will be covering the uh, – let's go with the NFC West. We're going to go with the NFC West on Wednesday. We're going to jump over to the other side of the Super Bowl matchup. We're going to cover the a NFC West uh, on Wednesday live at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, and the Twittersphere. AJ, if you're raising your hand to do this, by all means, go ahead. I mean, it wasn't. And also – I don't even get no music. And also, <laughs> there it is. The Sack Sack City Pod, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sack City Pod, ladies and gentlemen. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
YouTube, TikTok, probably on Reddit, probably on LinkedIn, probably on a bunch of different places. But here's the thing, if you go to Axac City Pod, you will find it. You will find your favorite people talking about your favorite football team and giving you the best analysis and the most interactive love on the net. So head over to Sac City Pod at any one of those social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, or TikTok. Hit that subscribe button, hit that share button, and holla at your boys. Welcome to the city. Didn't you tell people like an hour ago we were going to talk NFC East? <laughs> no. Breaking down no. the trades and... That's just for the trade. That's just for top stories, fool. The NFC East is like the last division we cover. And same with like the AFC South. Like there's divisions that go last. And though that 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 is like a last those divisions and then Uh, wherever the Falcons are at, because the Falcons are always Yeah, that too. That too. Uh but yes, no, we are covering the NFC West on Wednesday live at 8 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You're not going to want to miss it. We appreciate everyone tuning in. If you are listening to us on a podcasting platform, please be sure to write a review after you're done listening to us. Let us know what you think of the show so we can get better or let us know what you think of the show so we can just say you're wrong and we're better than whatever you said. So there you go. Uh, That's it. That's it for your boy, AJ Johnson, for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, and for Mr. Monday Night Dylan Kearns. I am me. We will see you Wednesday. He's out. Bye. Dylan, get to class. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.